The sustainability, the resilience piece is more important than ever, isn't it? Our work is more important than ever. Welcome to Hearts Speak Podcast, conversations and recorded experiences on reclaiming our roots, connecting to our visions, and trusting our heart path. I'm your host, Megan, and I am here to share stories of healing, creativity, revival, and resilience for a time here on Earth right now, a time in which I feel we are in the midst of a profound cultural transformation. The hearth, as a source of warmth, is traditionally the central community gathering space where storytelling takes place. Our stories are sacred, and the stories we tell ourselves and others have the potential to shape and inform how we show up for this larger story. Thank you for being here and taking the time to listen. So welcome everyone. I'm here with a dear teacher, mentor, friend, Gigi Staffney. And Gigi has been a practitioner of natural and botanical medicine for three plus decades with substantial clinical health, environmental, social justice, and entrepreneurial experience. She is former longtime executive director of Herbalists Without Borders International. Gigi teaches at numerous national and global venues by a Green Wisdom School of Natural and Botanical Medicine and Herbalists Without Borders International, including being a national international trauma trainer. Welcome, Gigi. It's so great to have you here today. Megan, this feels like a beautiful, heart-centered space to be be this week. So thank you for having me. Of course. And I would love for you to share with us just more about how you would describe yourself. I shared your bio. I shared a little bit about you, but is there anything else that is coming to mind or anything that wants to be shared? Thanks for asking that question. Um, I love to write. I love to journal. I'm, that's been happening since I've been an eight-year-old girl. I'm a girl, a woman who has been in creeks, climbs trees. Um, I'm really an earth mama. I'm an earth grandma right now too. Um, this is the this is the phase of my life, you know, when we're amidst this what what everyone is calling a crisis. This is like a portal phase for me. Um, at age sixty you know, moving into this, I call it like the final phase, however long that will be of my life. And so that's probably what I want to share most today that, yeah, I've been connected to the elements, um, very connected with humanity. (laughs) And now this is a different phase. Now this is a different time in my life and everyone's lives. So I'm changing, you know, I'm a shapeshifter like everybody else right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in moving into this new phase, do you have any insights on that experience or how it's going for you or anything that has been especially challenging in accepting that or just moving with that? Well, this morning I was joking with a few people, you know, the fa- joking, and this is no joking matter about COVID-19, but I mean, I was joking about taking all of my to-do lists uh, with the school, with clinic, and just 
really, I just tossed them and said, all right, what matters today the most? So I just want to start with that little quip or statement. Um, do I have some feel, thoughts, feelings surrounding what is happening during this phase? You bet I do. And I hope that we can explore some of them this hour. I know that you and Cody have, you know, fantastic ideas too. We're really here to serve and to help people. And how I view that at this time during a global pandemic is um, we'll be called to do things for humanity and earth and all sentient beings probably hourly and, and daily. And that is the truth. That's been happening the last three weeks. What I'll be called to do today or tomorrow or you, we may never even expect what we're being called to do. So many of us who work in natural medicine speak about light body, being in that space energetically, acknowledging that we are a vibrational field, um, energetic beings. And while we hang on to really intense emotions such as fear and panic and those are normal human emotions but the tighter we hold them the longer we hold on to them uh, the more dense our bodies will be and so I think like an ultimate general optimal type of goal or message right now would be to work on all of us our light bodies make sure that we're able to be almost like the willow tree you know, rather than a tree, I love all trees, but rather than a tree that breaks when the winds change, we'll be like the willow where we are more mutable, permeable, and more fluid and can change with what is expected of us moment by moment. So that, that's some of what I've been reflecting on. And this morning, I in my early morning journaling pages, I recognized Oh, the natural laws. The natural laws are something that I teach about in classes over these decades. But you know, in accordance or alignment with nature, for sure, this is true chaos. And the meaning of chaos is, well, we're out of homeostasis or balance right now. And that means that things could not exist as they were previously. And so along with that comes new shape and new shapes and new forms on earth and in humanity, mm -hmm. the ways that we work, the ways that we handle money, the way that we deliver medicine. And so now we will begin to observe, I think many of us are right now, observing what will the new patterns, designs, shapes be? What will they look like? What will be presented by nature? you know, right on at the cusp of this crisis, you know, what will form? So those are some of my initial thoughts, Megan, you know, that I've been having on a real quiet level and conversing with friends and my own morning pages in the journal. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I'm just really resonating so deeply with just speaking about patterns and how we shape shift and how we adapt and how we become like the willow tree, how we, how we flow through these times with presence and moving from hour to hour. I think it's perhaps alarming for some people to 
realize, oh, the times are now. You know, I think for me, I I know that I've personally been in preparation and just paying attention to how my body is feeling in different spaces and just listening to the trees and spending time in the woods and by the water and feeling like something was coming. And now it feels like a very big moment is here. And I've been preparing for it, but it still has kind of sent me into this space of quickly, my heart's beating faster. You know, I wake up and I'm, oh, these are the anxious feelings again that are coming back. Um, And I'm prepared for it. And I have different tools and I have different awareness practices and I can ground and I, I know that I'm safe and I know that I, you know, I'm loved, but I'm also curious too, if you have any, you know, for people who are experiencing kind of these bodily responses and sensations to what's happening, if there's anything that you want to offer in that realm or, um, yeah, any insights on that? Yeah. Oh, Megan, you have some really beautiful practices and I hope that you continue to share those with others because those are the sets of skills that are, um, you know, really needed, needed right now. I mean, if you go online, you'll see, you know, especially in certain realms of my community, here's the herbal protocol for COVID-19. And, you know, though that of course is the stuff in the world that I'm, that is being asked of with me from me too. However, there are, there are more immediate practices that will help people center amidst chaos crisis and, you know, me be more attuned to body. We know, you know, from the field of trauma, trauma care, uh, that, trauma, panic, fear, um, you know, fear of poverty, fear of loss of job, fear of illness, all of that, abuses, exploitation, they're all, we, we know what they are, we think about these in our heads, we emote, we have emotions surrounding them, that, those are all human experiences. But the part that often does get neglected, especially if people are at home isolated, plugged into their computers or televisions constantly, the part that really is missing is body, body connection. And we can speak a bit more about that. Um, So I'm worried about people's bodies right now. Yes, with the virus, but I mean, being connected up to the rest of the universe and dealing with, coping with, and moving traumatic feelings, um, heavy emotions through the body, moving them through a little more quickly and gracefully than what I'm seeing right now. And, you know, it happens to me too. Like you said, Mm -hmm. if you feel a little bit of that panic coming in, I mean, I certainly do everything within our nonprofit, our clinics, the school. Within the last week to three weeks, every single aspect has changed and in my personal life. So how to help our bodies, one, when we we speak of nature, Megan, when you and I speak about being in nature, um, this is a beautiful season. It's often, it's probably in the upper Midwest, if listeners are calling in from the, or listening in from the upper Midwest and 
northern reaches. I think north, the north is often misunderstood and people are a little fearful right now because they know the colder, cooler weather can exacerbate COVID-19. But we're moving on that edge from late winter into early spring. Yeah, are, that's when immune systems are low. Um, viruses, parasites, you know, can run a little more rampant. But the things we can do are be outside, more be in the sun, walk in the woods, you know, take notice of the water element, how the ice, the bubbling brook is running, um, go out, embrace trees, you know, begin looking at some of those wild edible buds on trees and eating some of those bitters. Soon the fresh greens will be up um, that we can integrate into our diets, those wild edibles, so we can enliven our bodies again. So just simply being in nature, communing, being a full part of it. Others would be, I think that some vulnerable time periods for people are upon, there are a number of them that I notice right now. One, upon waking. Many people grab their cell phones um, or go to their laptop and check emails, Facebook, and you know other feeds first thing in the morning. I know that it's important to stay informed right now, but perhaps pulling back on that and designating the best time during the day for yourself to do that. But first thing in the morning, I would discourage people from that. Rather, you know, it will make your heart race. It will make your heart race to take in all of this that is happening right now. I mean, there have been disease patterns and epidemics and pandemics before, but now everything's so front and center with media. And so that adds like this, oh, in my opinion, it adds um, another layer of imbalance for us and excess. So I'm not saying tune out totally. I don't believe in that. And I can't do that as a healthcare practitioner. But instead, it might be really nice to wake up, create some kind of morning ritual for yourself that is calming you know, be that yoga, breath work, perhaps it's simply a cup of tea or coffee, journaling. I, I like the idea of if you feel your heart racing, when you mentioned that, Megan, mm -hmm. um, important to, just, you know, rub your hands together, hold with intentional energy, hold your heart, send yourself healing energy. Then emit when you're feeling full and calm and centered again, open palms and release and send, transmit some of that beautiful energy out to those who are in need. Um, sustaining your body well, uh, engaging in, you know, exercise, breath work, stretching, yoga, you know, just being in your body. And if it feels jagged, um, get out, get outside, you know, try to release some of that jagged energy. I believe in water, therapies, if you will, to, you know, maybe soak in your feet in some lovely Epsom salts or, you know, just bathing, showering, skin, skin scrubbing, um, taking a sauna, you know, really releasing the emotional, energetic, and environmental toxicity of what is happening right now. So those are a handful of ideas on being in body, releasing what is toxic. Mm. Thank you so much. That was a wealth of information. I love the image of the hands over the heart too. And just sending that loving energy. We just need to tune back in and remember 
where we are and what we have right now. And I think I also am curious if you have a favorite that's been really helping you during these times, something that you personally really enjoy. Mm -hmm. Well, I've certainly been enjoying my morning pages again. You know, when I say morning pages, that stems from Julia Cameron's work with the artist way, you know, decades ago. And I've gone through that, that book, you know, eons ago, it feels like, but it's still one of those books I will never let go of and have done that work four times and rediscover something new about myself. Here's what I notice about journaling during this phase of the pandemic. There's so much rattling around of information. I mean, just the volume of medical stuff I've had to read in three weeks is, you know, that's overwhelming. But um, I try to sift through, sift through what is really pertinent. Um, But the journaling, the morning pages, there's so much gunk right now that we can accumulate, that I accumulate, simply because of the high volume of people, you know, that we're helping on the phone and online. So... I, um, I, those first two pages that I write, it's just like dumpage. (laughs) I want to say it like that. It's just like, and I'm aware of it. It's like, keep the hand moving, keep the hand moving, Gigi, continue to write, let out, let all of this out. And then I was speaking with an artist writer friend of mine about this in my close community last week. And we just nodded and said, yeah, by the third handwritten full page of words out spills the truth. You know, and these really valuable pearls of wisdom. So each day, something like that personally has been coming out for me since you you asked, you know, what is really working for me. And it seems like those pearls of wisdom that come out of the words on the pages guide me through the day. And I really feel like, you know, that's spirit and action, right? That whether you believe in God, goddess, creator, uh, whomever, whatever your practice is, you know, I feel like that spirit moving through me and saying, here, here's the tool that you need today, Gigi. Mm-hmm. And then I've worked in herbalism for a long time. So it feels to me, there's, there's some really special herbs right now. And um, hawthorne berry, motherwort, and rose, any of the herbs that relate to supporting the heart chakra, are important. For, they're important for me. I really like to recommend them to everyone right now who may be feeling, you know, this intensity in the heart center from racing heart to sadness. I mean, there's sadness about what is going on right now too. I mean, we're amidst like when Kubler-Ross talks about the grieving cycle. I mean, this is a sort of grieving, collective grieving that's happening right now, meaning Life as we knew it before is no longer. And, you know, there's a letting go process that happens with that. Yes, it's so true. I really appreciated hearing about your morning page practice because, well, I say morning page because for me, I'm right now on a morning page. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> for whatever yeah. reason, I must have very small handwriting as well, but I feel like I can be on my page for a half hour or more, just yeah. frantically scribbling before my hand cramps up. So I'm working on the pages aspect, but I do think there is something 
so profound, um, like subtly profound at first, you know, we all know what journaling is, but they're mm-hmm. just the action of, and doing it in the morning when we wake up um, and getting all of that out, right? So that we can yeah. show up for others and for ourselves in a more truthful, real way when we can understand what needs to come out and what it is really left there. What, Um, you know, (laughs) what our words are trying to tell us, what our, you know, and the action of writing on a page too is something that I love how she speaks to. I mean, yes, you can type on the computer, you can, um, but there, the pen to the paper, the motion of the hand, the movement piece like you're you're incorporating so many things in those moments and I think that's something that can be very accessible to so many people um right now I think so (laughs) don't you I I really think so I mean so many people are tucked away at home right now and I mean it's just such a soothing process but also yeah some really magical things come out of it and you know, on our studies too, talking about different, I think you're alluding to that about activating different parts of the brain and body through the process. But it, but some people say to me, you know, some patients over the years are like, I don't like to write. I don't like to journal, Gigi. I don't like to read. I'm like, that's okay. You know what, what here is another um, bit of bit that I'd like to share to people today. Well, if it is not journaling or herbs or nature, what feeds your soul? What feeds and nourishes your soul? And especially at this time, you know, that whatever worked for you before or you integrated as a practice, perhaps it's something different right now. I mean, everything is shifting. And so it, it may be walking in nature, it may be kayaking, it might be hiking, it might be one of my friends from near Lake Superior checked in with me this morning how are you and she has a different house in Duluth and she's like I'm syruping right now and I can tell I can tell it's her it's her way right now of being in the world and being connected so again it could be journaling it could be artwork it could be um you know creating with your children you know I heard my own grands my daughter and grandson were up this weekend I could tell they were feeling insecure and they wanted to be in the woods and in the north and with mom and grandma. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for my grandson, it was, he said, activities. <laughs> and grandma and mom, activities. And what he meant was, you know, engaging with us in art projects, writing, building, um, playing games. I want activities. <laughs> <laughs> which was music to my ears that he didn't want to be plugged in to a phone or a game computer mm-hmm. game mm-hmm. yeah I think that's really an important piece too is everyone has something that feeds their soul and you know what is that for you and is this the time that you can take this time for yourself to really explore that and be with that if you know if that's available I know it's again, the chaos and the shifting, and you've mentioned this a few times, everything is shifting. 
you know, what, what weight do those words hold for you? How, how do you see things shifting? Do you have a vision? Do you have any insights on that? I know that's a very big unknown topic, but I'm just curious if that mm-hmm. has come to your mind. Yeah, I'm, I'm beginning to formulate each day. It feels like I'm formulating new thoughts and feelings and ideas around this. I'm right in the middle of it, just as everybody else is. You know, I'm, I'm noting, noticing there have been different phases each day, each week through the progression of this pandemic. And so every week feels a little bit different. But some of the, the patterns I'm noticing and what I imagine, and this is just me, you know, what I imagine. Again, what I said earlier about we will begin to notice some patterns and shapes and designs and creations that are coming through the chaos. And some that I've been noticing, and I just, I mean, they seem natural. They may feel really clunky or really inconvenient or really harsh right now, but as some of the falling away happens, these new designs may emerge. What are some of them? Well, one, an absolute connection with the elements and with nature. I think a deeper understanding about, you know, how do we, as who are we as microcosms in this larger macrocosm? And it's all connected. I have somewhat of a biological view about all of us as this large organism and smaller ones within, and that there is no separation. You know, pandemic really, a pandemic illustrates that very clearly. And then um, how we have in many countries and cultures um, misused or gone into denial about how connected we are. Um, You know, we're better than, or we we have more, we're gonna covet more or this or that. You know, all all of this is shaking loose right now. And um, we, we need to fall into a different type of alignment, a new pattern. And what I mean there is, I mean, to me, that, that is like sociological, cultural, medical, you know, physiological, definitely political. It's economic. And so all of that is shifting. So that's a new awareness for some. Some of us have been activists working in those things for quite a while, but, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll truly see what happens. Also, I, I just kind of take pause every time I hear socially isolate. <laughs> and it takes on different meanings for me. So socially, you, we should socially isolate. I, I just, I pull back and I take pause and I'm like, yes, we must. We must, I'm a natural medicine, prevention medicine person. So we must take all those precautions. And I find that really interesting the inside out of socially isolate, it has meant for many, go back home, go home. And then the question of where is home? Who is the tight community? You know, like who is our our safe little community? Not that others are unsafe, but I mean, you know, when we get right down to it, I mean, who are the three, five, six, seven, nine, 20 people in our community that we go to? And take care of one another. And that reminds me of, you know, like real ancient, ancient indigenous peoples, like during the winter, especially in northern regions, like the upper Mississippian tribes, 
Oh, my goodness. You know, in the winter, things were not sustainable in large groups of 200 or 300 or 400 or 500 people. There was a pulling back and moving back into groupings of 12, 20, 30 people at most. And then gravitating to home, even if it was nomadic home, a place in nature that was abundant and nourishing, that people were connected to and knew they could live with and survive through the winter and this time period that we're in right now. And so I think we're, I'm seeing that, we're learning that, that we are globally connected and we are macrocosm, but within these smaller concentric circles called home, sacred space, community, neighborhood, whether that's urban or rural, um, it can be community, the natural world, sentient beings as well, that those are the places where we will be nourished and that we, where we will nourish others. So those are some of the pieces that are coming out. Oh my goodness, the, I have a lot of thoughts about healthcare delivery system, too much for this talk, this hour probably, but um, that's looking very different. You know, in a lot of ways I'm thinking, oh, this is why the upsurge in herbalism, the popularity, I mean, it's one of the reasons why we, over the decades, you know, I've gone from being very fringe-like to all of a sudden everybody wanting to know more about botanical medicine. But I think we've been leading up to this. You know, people are feeling um, mistrustful of big pharma and haven't liked healthcare delivery systems, have not had adequate healthcare. So this is a calling to create very new ways. You know, like how do we create our own gardens um, know how to wildcraft, um, know what herbs are best from our bioregion for our herb, home herb apothecaries. Not saying that we don't need the other healthcare systems for sure, but I think there is a call now to tune in on a very basic level in our homes and our families, you know, as individuals, like before things are out of hand, what can we do? So those are just a handful of things that I'm seeing right now. Whew. Yeah, thank you. I love all of those insights. I really appreciate everything you're sharing. I'm just thinking as well, just seeing this resurgence, as you're saying, in herbal medicine and health and education. And just over the past few years, just seeing more and more people that I feel very close to that maybe initially were not as interested, like stepping into a new role of taking more action for their health and starting small, like just from home, like, oh, I understand now that garlic can be used in this way because of this reason. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's great for the immune system. Wow. Like putting pieces together, just small, you know, small steps towards taking more power back. And it's just been a very interesting experience for me to witness the people I love just having curiosity in new ways and and stepping into new roles for taking yeah taking new action when things are needed instead of just you know completely falling apart in the moment it's like oh yeah. I have these tools I have like or I can call this friend or I can research this information and 
really putting the trust in our community and people around us to have some of these answers or even just opinions or ideas that we can collaborate on together. And I think that's beautiful. (laughs) It is. That's beautifully stated. And I mean, that is optimal. That's optimal community. That's optimal connection when that happens. And so I, I believe much of that is happening. Just this morning when I was fixing myself some tea really early in the morning at, my, in, at home, and I am at home right now working from home, um, I, I thought about the recent wave of popularity, you know, regarding fire cider, that herbal combination. And that became, you know, I think very popular because of the... Uh, the lawsuit, the case that happened, and then also elderberry syrup. But I, I just stood there for a moment by all of my teas in my kitchen and smiled, <laughs> even though it was a pretty hard morning on a lot of levels with a lot of people that I'm in contact with. I just smiled and I said, oh, think of all the people that have learned how to make fire cider and elderberry syrup. And they had those at home. They have those jars and bottles in their fridge and their herb pantries. And uh, they, they need them right now. They made them, they prepared, and they needed them. So I feel a lot of gratitude about that wave of popularity and herbalism. Wow, it's, it's amazing. And then I'm, I, this has been on my mind, and I hope this is a forum where we can share. I'm, it's also a time at the very beginning of this COVID-19 and pandemic, I, I found myself writing very honestly in journal pages one morning, oh my, this is bringing out the best and the worst in people and systems. Mm-hmm. And I I don't feel quite that way about three, three and a half weeks into it. But what what I want to also give voice to is that there are so many people who want, you know, have to continue to work, don't have childcare, have no money in savings. I think, my goodness sake, something like, oh, I might get the statistic wrong, but it's pretty close that... Um, something like 74% of all people in the United States only have about $400 in their savings accounts and couldn't make it if they needed to go, what, now, till June or July without income, perhaps? So this is a time period that is, um, it, it still is not easy for many people, especially those who um, have been coping with oppressions, you know, are in low-paying jobs, don't have benefits, you know, work in a couple of different jobs. Uh, those of us who are self-employed, you know, we, there just are no safety nets unless we've created them. So this is a time to really look out for and be in community, helping those people who have been hurting in those ways. And I know that when panic sets in at first, it's sometimes human nature, and it especially seems so in America, to kind of dig in, hunker down, and get selfish, you know, like the hoarding behaviors and the mm-hmm. um, stockpiling of stuff and all of that. I just, um, I, I hope that we can all be expansive, take a breath, and yes, have our me- needs met and our family's needs met, but now really poke up our heads look around and make sure everybody's okay. 
you know, if you can look at your circle of 30 people that you have the most, I'm just saying that number arbitrarily, mm-hmm. the 30 people that are most close to you in your circle, checking in with them. And then going back to what you said, Megan, earlier in our, in our conversation, you know, I, I think you were saying something about being ready. You like to be clear before the day begins. I really feel that too. I'm feeling more and more strongly about that every day. That's why the morning pages, the meditations, uh, nature time, just getting centered. Because I think we need to ask ourselves, especially those of us who are standing steady. I mean, even if we're not feeling steady financially, I mean, I'm not right now. I'm not feeling steady financially, but yet I feel steady within myself. The question of each hour, daily for sure, but each hour, what am I being called to do? What is it? What am I being called to do this hour? You know, if there's somebody who pops through your orbit sphere in your mind, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, I need to call Mary, you know, or I haven't seen that neighbor poke her head out or, you know, just whatever it is, whatever, if we're clear conduits, you know, if we're trying to stay centered and we are being effectual at that, we're probably going to be able to hear those messages more clearly. So I really want folks to advocate. I want to advocate for folks moving with those, moving with those, speaking with those truths and, and acting on them. Mm. Yes. Oh, I love that. What am I being called to do? Mm -hmm. And yeah. And being able to hear that, question Mm -hmm. and respond to that question is Mm -hmm. oh that's the (laughs) yeah that's a lot you know and that's Mm -hmm. that's the most I think that's so important um because it it is and I I know it's very easy for people to I mean the scarcity mindset is yeah. It's, you know, it's cultural. <laughs> it's, it, is. it is. It's ingrained in us. Um, and it's uncomfortable, I think, to, I know, you know, I, I love my family dearly. And we've had so many conversations about this, about, you know, stepping out from just our, our center orbit and kind of how can we help and what can we do? And I think there is so much uncomfortability and fear in that and just Mm -hmm. not wanting to, I don't know how to explain it. And is it like an upper Midwest cultural thing as well? I don't know. I'm wondering (laughs) for some of the people I know that I'm close with, it's just, but I don't know if they need my help or Mm -hmm. it's like, but you didn't ask you know, and and that's where my brain goes, or it's, or sometimes people aren't going to accept your help unless, you know, you, sometimes it's just about taking that extra step, like, hey, I need you dinner, you know, Yes. and we show up for people in those ways, you know, when they're sick, or when they're going through a hard time in the family, like, I know that neighbors have done that for each other, and I've, I've been the recipient of that, of a warm meal, our conversation and I know that's in us to do that and I just I wonder about that hesitation you know I wonder about how to kind of 
-hmm. like what it takes to step out of the comfort zone, that extra courage or that extra, Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, if you know what I'm speaking to, I don't know if you have. I do, Megan, and I think you listed a number of different factors that are right on. You know, Mm -hmm. everything from, you know, societal on a larger level, upper Midwest, cultural, you know, more values, mores, that sort of thing. And um, people not asking for help. Um, I mean, it's, there are sundry issues at hand here. And right now, another one added to it is people are, they're fearful. There, you know, media, I mean, there, there is, we are amidst something that is contagious. And so that fear factor, I think, is this huge layer right now. But there certainly are in our small little circles and ecosystems of people we're having contact with, mm-hmm. our closest beloveds, I call them, um, their ways to do one something for one another. But then if people are in isolation or impoverished, uh, uh, communities, circles, communities need to rise to the occasion and do the right thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. do the right thing. It would be really fun if everyone listening to this program and you spread the word, if you could think of within the parameters of what feels doable for all of you and you know, financially or with your resources and what feels comfortable and safe for you, It'd be so amazing if everybody could think of like three things this week that they feel abundant in and then sharing those, sharing those realms of abundance, whether it's, you know, I've made all these extra herb tinctures to, I have some extra firewood in the woods that it's still, I'm thinking rurally right now with the woods, but, oh, I've got some extra firewood I could drop off for you because we're going to have a few more nights under freezing (laughs) or you, you know, it could be anything, maybe books that you're exchanging in your circle. Megan, maybe you and I could buy a gob of journals and pens and distribute them <laughs> every, everybody for morning pages. Yeah. There's some pretty journals. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I know we're doing, yeah, we're doing one. I mean, I looked at today as this program being the gift. Mm-hmm. I really did. It's like, oh, I'm... Megan and I will travel in a direction together where we we hope that on a heartfelt level, we'll, we'll, people will gather some information and skills and ideas from us that maybe they didn't have yesterday. So that was my hope. It's like, we can do that today, Megan. Yes. <laughs> and then I know Friday, like with, or you mentioned Herbalist Without Borders in the introduction. I mean, we've just been going at it through the winter since, well, actually since September with monthly, sometimes two to three free people's clinics around the upper Midwest. So I've been traveling like mad doing that work and it's been so important so gratifying and then all of a sudden a screeching halt it was last week or the week before I had to be part of a decision making process and putting policies procedures together about how safe our free clinics right now and so within our network so um, in the upper Midwest, we are serving online and via phone, not in person, in adherence with um, some of the messages that we're getting from government entities and other nonprofits. So Friday, <laughs> Friday is all free email or, or phone appointments for people, whether that be COVID-19 information herbally, or if it's about diabetes or an earache your child has, 
we are, um, we're going to offer appointments and I'm sure you're going to see that once a week, mm. once a week. So, you know, that's what I can give. That's what I can give to community. So, yeah. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. And I think, yes, I love the three things are most abundant in because mm -hmm. we do this a lot in our permaculture work. Um, yeah. Yeah, referring, yeah. Yeah. So referring to, um, it's something called the eight forms of capital, which a dear mm. friend of mine has renamed the eight forms of nourishment mm. and which, oh, I just put such a like a beautiful spin on it for me when she spoke of that. She's just like, I love thinking of it as nourishment that we can offer. And, and yes, other forms of capital and there's, you know, financial, right? So if you have abundance in financial resources, how can that be helpful in these times? Like, do you yeah. owe money or gift money to someone who's in need to pay their rent or to pay their bills? Um, you know, so many different donations to different organizations that need support, like Herbalists Without Borders, you know, for giving medicine to people you know, all sorts of different strategies. And then thinking of, you know, like one form is living. So what do you have around you? Like living capital, living nourishment. We have the trees, we have the water, we have the earth, like caring for this so that we can yeah. be better supported and better connected. Um, you know, it goes on. I highly encourage people to check that out to get a little more understanding about, oh, I, yes, I have abundance in this. Or like you were saying, you have your circle, your people, you have friendships or family connections, social nourishment, you know, people to check in with, people to talk with. Medicines, the apothecary, right? Those are forms of nourishment. Right. Food. I mean, we all have something. I'm been thinking myself of creative strategies too, to like, what do I have here and what can I share and what am I able to offer? And I think even, yes, just getting on here and having a conversation and speaking and sharing this information with other people is one way of participating because it's, people are, especially right now they're at home, you know, they have, they can listen, they can engage, um, have input and respond. And so there's, there's so many different ways that you can kind of channel this, this energy into something that is offering a gift for someone else. That is it, isn't it? I mean, we have a we have opportunities. I mean, and that's the thing going back to what is what are called the natural laws, you know, in naturopathic medicine and other biological fields. It, uh, the a crisis crisis is truly the time period when organisms, you know, be they earth earth or humans, have the most opportunity for change, for change, or for growth. And so um, if we could pull back and relax a little bit and move into that space where we have the opportunity to create some significant changes, um, here we go. <laughs> now is the time. Now is the time, folks. But Megan, thank you for talking about capital, too, because I, I think like in the upper Midwest, a lot of people are they're afraid, you know, to talk about money and do the big reveal about that. But I like to just please remember 
financial health. Mm -hmm. I've been talking about financial health with circles, communities, patients lately, because perhaps some circles of people aren't at great risk of COVID-19, but I can't say that absolutely. You know, we don't really even know enough yet, but there's the medical risk of that virus, but all of the ramifications, the consequences, the unintended consequences of what is going on right now, there is a lot of financial impact on people. So financial health is part of holistic health and wellness. So you and I giving voice to that is important right now. Mm-hmm. It's important because people, you know, people can't pay rent, can't buy food, can't do this, can't do that. Um, th- there is the need for money, for money for folks right now to operate in in the economies that are existing as they exist right now. So I don't know, yesterday I, I thought about what can I do that with that on Monday? How can I help people? Monday online is usually more of a small business day for me where I try to help people with ideas, inspiration, and resources. So for one, it, I posted information on the Small Business Administration. A lot of the people hurting right now have small businesses, whether that be a massage therapist in practice to a farm, you know, or a farm store or something like that, or um, a retail shop or a new organic restaurant in the city. Mm -hmm. And the SBA, at least there are some, right now they're between two to 3% loans that are available. Not that I'm going to promote loans. I don't personally like business loans, but if someone needs that to pay employees, um, keep things, keep the lights on and keep the freezers running. I mean, that's available. So there are a lot of soft realms that we're offering people help in, but gosh, there's more needed. There's more needed at this time for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think speaking about this, just all the pieces that go along with it, like you were saying, all the ramifications, it's so important to look at it as, again, it's all part of a bigger system within this, right? There's all these parts and pieces and they all kind of are contributing to each other. And it's important to not just look at one, you know, isolated thing. (sighs) Yeah. It's, it's a really wonderful that you have, the community you do reaching out to you for support and herbal wisdom, nutrition, just general emotional support. I was wondering if you could just share, um, you mentioned a couple different things, but is there anything else that the school is offering or that you are offering that you want people to become aware of and how they can also connect with you in that space? Sure. You know, I've got to tell you, it's almost been like a total revamp. Woo. <laughs> I've, I've been busy behind the scenes. Um, I need to just say openly, you know, every single teaching venue was canceled um, for all of March, all of April in our in-house classes and our external schools around the U.S., you know, from Canada to North Dakota. Everything's canceled um, for this month and next month. And then we'll see. So one, uh, here are, here's how we're doing it now. We are continuing fully to offer email and phone health consults for people. We acknowledge that is really needed. So that's available. And, you know, we're, we're a pretty experienced team. This is like 
34 years of the natural medicine. I'm here to help and my advanced master herb students are as well. So people can see the students for free with me in the background helping. That's another option. Then third, I mentioned this Friday via our Herbalist Without Borders chapter, one of the things that we're doing at the school are these um, periodic days of free phone consults for people for concerns about COVID-19 or any other health, emotional, I mean, even financial health. People talk to me about that. Like, can you help me with some ideas, Gigi? And I will. Okay, and then with classes, yeah, we just set up, I think it's a series of about five different teleconference call, you know, calls, somewhat like this on Zoom. Um, and they relate to, one, is a re, there's going to be a repeat session, definitely on herbs to have stocked in your home or herb apothecary in preparation for COVID-19 or coping with it. And it's not going to be a single protocol. There's a lot out there right now, like with with um, Guido and Stephen Buner, you know, there are these protocols that are out there. What we're advocating for at our school integrates that stuff, but we really are wanting to teach people about a more holistic approach to having herbs from their bioregion that are available to them in these different clinical action categories. So that's happening. We offer it at three different times. We're trying to keep the cost down too. We've done a whole bunch of sliding scale structuring so people can even just pay $10 for these if that's what they have. Um, others, we have several other uh, web phone webinars that are coming up about, I just want to say they really surround the issues of nervousness, panic, anxiety. So, um, I mean, I've even heard of people going into the doctor right now and being prescribed anti-anxiety meds because the load is too much to take. And I'm like, whoa, we really need to help people with that. So if you go on our website and the Facebook page, you'll see there are a couple of sessions that relate to calming, centering, and nervous system supports. There are two related to money. I, I just felt like, go for it, yeah. <laughs> go for it. So one is on really stretching your dollars during times of crisis. Mm -hmm. And I, we're gonna try to make that very engaged and interactive. This, there's another one along those lines for people who have small businesses. We seem to attract a number of natural medicine providers in the US that are starting businesses or have them running. And they're plenty worried right now. You know, it's really impacting them. They're overworked, people are, asking a lot of the healers, but yet they're really not receiving money, you know, they're giving. And so there's another uh, session. These, the money ones are next Monday. Just think money Monday mm. <laughs> and, but money in a healthful way, healthful way. So that one, the second one will be helping small businesses during with ideas during times of recession and crisis. So, you know, really from a holistic perspective, what can you do to fortify, reinvent yourself, you know, become more sustainable as a small business? So those are some of the things that we're offering um, March in March, Megan. Yeah. And we're making it accessible. You can chime in from home <laughs> or, or your office if you're all locked in your office somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, right. Well, it's amazing what we can do just over yeah. these days. Yeah. I think it's 
it's just so incredible that you are offering all of those pieces too. Cause like you're saying, I haven't seen, I, I haven't seen every angle being, you know, offered from every person is really great. You're, you're busy. <laughs> you have a lot. To yeah. Share. A lot it of, just, it's, yeah. just doesn't see, it seems like there's a lot of verbal information protocol out there. Yeah. But I, I really have a holistic view about that. You know, it's like, I'm more concerned about people um, growing, gathering, bartering, or even purchasing, you know, what is accessible to them, what is more bioavailable, and being prepared not just for COVID-19, but life, life. Yes. <laughs> so we want to be teaching more of that. And, you know, that's usually what we do in our classes at Green Wisdom. Mm-hmm. It's an incredible time to be a teacher right now. <laughs> Whew. Yeah. That's what I have to say to that. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah and is there anything else on your heart right now that we didn't touch on or just anything else that's coming up and when you said heart words to close on um heart and hearth I think about how when you say the word hearth um I think of place place of heart And I'd love for all of our listeners to really consider that, you know, go into some contemplative time about where is my heart right now? Am I in the right place? Am I in the right space? Is there a circle of people that I'm really called to being with? I know I belong there. Is there a place in nature that calls to your heart that is your hearth? And then what about your your work in the world, your life's work, your passion, what you're being called to do? Bring heart and hearth to that wherever you go, people. And then um, finally, heart and hearth, it's, it's wherever we go. It really, truly is wherever we go. And some of us might land in really interesting places that we didn't anticipate during this phase and beyond thank you Megan thank you so much that was uh, such an incredible way to end this conversation I really appreciate everything you had to share and I know that people listening are going to be absolutely enthralled as well it was it was incredible thank you so much Gigi Megan it's always beautiful having conversations with you so thank you and Um, Be well, be whole, be well. Put your hand on your heart, everybody.